Hi, my name is Daniel Kapanga and you're listening to the Punks and Pubs podcast. I'm interrupting the start of the podcast because I want you to go listen to my project called Mars Addict. We have just released our first album, Lame Coaster. You can hear it in all streaming platforms and you can know more about the band in our Facebook and Instagram page. Right, that's enough of me talking. Are you about to listen to me sing? This track is called I'm Not Okay. I hope you enjoy. This is the Punks in Pubs podcast. I hope you are all well. I have not been all week. I have been sick with body aches and pains and a bit of shortness of breath. If you follow the show on social media, you would have seen that I had my brain tickled with a COVID test. But I can announce I am negative. Whoop, whoop. Uh, but I'm starting to feel better now. Still not 100%. Uh, but thank you to everyone who reached out and sent their best wishes. Uh, very kind of you, aren't you nice people? Uh, watch me pivot now. The US election is in two days. America, this is two days to let the world know if you're willing to fight for democracy or lay down and let the country become the authoritative state. And that's not hot air. Look at what's happening now. 
It's happening now. The Supreme Court is stopping ballots being counted even if posted before election day. That wasn't the case before. Voter suppression is being seen nationwide with voting lines lasting longer than eight hours in some places. The police unions backing a man who gives them full car blanche to go and beat and murder their own citizens as well as that fucking twat in the White House as well believing that he is above the rule of law. That's not going to stop if he is elected again. It's only going to get worse. If you're American, please, please, please go vote. This is not some bullshit trope. This is reality. This is happening now. Go vote like your life depends on it because for some, it really does. Now watch me pivot to sell you t-shirts like in a true Mark Maron WTF way. Punks and Pubs t-shirts are selling for just £10. You have until Tuesday to get this deal. Go to Punks and Pubs Etsy site, link in the episode description, and use the promo code IWILLVOTE, one word, uh, to get the discount. Shirts are usually £16, so you get a bargain. Uh, Shirts £10, go get yourself one. Right, let's crack on with today's show, the last of this political special. Episode 66 sees me speak to the man who kicked off this podcast back in November 2017 with episode one, Anti-Flags, Pat Fetic. I spoke with Pat via Zoom on Friday the 23rd of October for a Facebook live event. Uh, You can go watch the whole chat on our Punks and Pubs Facebook page. Uh, We spoke because not only do Anti-Flag have a new documentary out, the great Beyond Barricades, go check it out, it's online now. But also there's no one else in punk who I want to talk about politics with than with Pat because Pat has so much much passion for the issue. I knew it would be a great Uh, chat and a bit fun and a bit lively this is the last of the series of political episodes we are doing talking about the u.s election so what can you expect we chat about the electoral college system the system that americans use to elect their presidents we also talk about why you should vote for biden even if he wasn't your guy we also talk about taking to the streets and holding the government to account no matter whoever the winner is and keeping their feet to the fire we also conduct some what scenarios that's all to look forward to i'll be back after our chat but until then enjoy episode 66 of punks in pubs in the good old days this doesn't happen because they used to treat them very very rough and when they protested once they would not do it again so easily It's it's literally uh, a little cupboard next to my steps. Um, so <laughs> if I spin it around, it's literally just a little box yeah. that I've converted into a little studio for myself. So I like it. So yeah, making the most of the Come space on, that we've got. Everything, everything's better DIY. Exactly, exactly. Right. Um, here we go. Meeting is now streaming live on Facebook. Uh, hello, people who are watching this in the virtual world. I hope you're all well. Um, so we're doing this Facebook Live today because we're doing a political special. If you don't know, there's an election going on in America. If you didn't know that, where the fuck have you been? Um, so just to kind of give you a bit of oversight, what we're doing is... Uh, it, but it, it... It is interesting, though. Uh, I'm going right into it. Go, go, uh, go on, Pat. I was going to introduce you, but fuck it. Go for it. Fuck it. I'm (laughs) pathetic. I play in a band called Anti-Flag. I'm going to tell you all my opinions. If you don't like them, I don't care. Um, So the interesting thing about being in the States is there are elections going on all over the world all the time, and nobody in the U.S. cares. It isn't covered by anything. But if anything happens in the U.S., 
um, it's covered all over the world. And I think that's the, uh, the ego and the, um, uh, one of the problems with the U S is it's so, um, self-absorbed and, uh, doesn't care about anybody else. And that's why somebody like Donald Trump has been able to be successful in politics. Well, I never thought I would start this by defending American politics, but um, <laughs> to be fair, like what happens in America really does impact globally, especially in the UK, because the old saying goes, if America sneezes, the UK gets a cold. And that yes. is true. I mean, you, you can you can look at the, the uh, economics when when you had the uh, the banking crisis, the world was fucked because everything yes. filters through America. So these elections really do have a global impact. It's not like uh, like an election in Australia. Like, yes, it will have certain impact globally, but not the impact of, of, of America. True, true, but I, I and I and I agree with you, and I and I see that that the U.S. through its its capitalist tentacles has infected all over the world. However, what my comment is more about the uh, egocentric view of Americans in the U.S. that we don't care about anybody else other than America. And actually, to be honest, with you, many people don't care about outside of their own family, which again. When you look at the, the COVID crisis in the U.S. and people are like, oh, well, 220,000 people have died. They're like, well, it wasn't my family, so I'm not worried about it. I'm voting for Donald Trump because he's going to lower my taxes 10% and I may make an extra 100 bucks. That is that selfish view of Americans um, that they, you know, it, which comes from a capitalist system, which rewards individualism and not uh, not the social order and uh, the overall um good of everybody um america is definitely a prisoner's dilemma and um if you're familiar with that everybody benefits themselves um if they vote for themselves but ultimately it's worse off if everybody does that so yeah it's a it's a bit of a um uh, an egocentric place and it has only gotten worse under the um presidency of donald trump well, I'm so glad we started this so light. Uh, and we've, <laughs> I mean, so <clears throat> let's be polite. Let's start off being polite. I mean, how have you been? It's obviously been a, a shit time for musicians and and venues. I mean, what have you been up to? You've been in, in the garden. What have you have you started taking up knitting? I mean, what have you been up to? Well, um, I, I have a a two year old child, um, so uh, that has taken up all of my time. Um, we are lucky we have a lot of uh, help, but um, it is still a challenge to deal with a two-year-old. And uh, my wife is a physician, so um, she's working a lot, um, taking care of people who have COVID and other things. And so most of my time has been uh, doing uh, caregiving for my child and parenting for my child. Um, but uh, I would I would like to be on tour. <laughs> I would like to be connecting and playing music uh, which is what we've done as human beings for the last uh, 25 years of our existence and now to be uh, set, told us told that we have to stay home and we can't connect with other people who have uh, similar political and ethical and moral beliefs is um, you know it's it's an unpleasant experience for us talking about like doing shows are you gonna kind of crowbar this into a really weak link but i mean you have just put out a new doc about kind of shows that you've been going on and the journey you've had for the past 25 years putting that out have you feel quite nostalgic looking at like the shows and that you've played and going fuck man i'm jonesing for this so much um I, well the, so what it, actually the doc did not make us do that but as a tangent to that um we did um live stream viewings of the documentary and that was awesome because we were able to chat with um, people in the, in a chat group, which is not nearly as satisfying or fulfilling as uh, playing music and connecting in that way. But we, but it was fulfilling in the sense that you realize that there are um, a lot of people out there in the world who have the same beliefs and who are as frustrated as we are. And that's the isolating thing about the uh, COVID experience is that when you sit at home and you don't have the connection to say, this is really fucked up and I can't believe this is happening. When you're by yourself, that just gets reinforced and you don't have any way of normalizing that and saying, wait a minute. But when you, when you can connect with other people and everybody says that's fucked up, you're like, okay, 
uh, I, I have faith in humanity because uh, everybody believes that this is fucked up. So uh, that is uh, something that we get. So yes, the nostalgia of doing the documentary um, was challenging, and we can talk about that. Um, but the the byproduct of that is being able to connect with people when they watch it and be able to talk about their lives and what they're doing in activism and politics and being able to um, connect on that way and realize that we're not alone. This this chat came about because, believe it or not, we spoke way back in 2017. Uh, you were my first guest on the podcast and when we spoke awesome. when we spoke we we kind of flirted with politics but we never got into it and as we wrapped up like, i think i remember you saying like oh we should have spoke a bit more about politics and i said okay next time we'll talk about it i didn't expect next time would be during a pandemic and so <laughs> so i thought it'd be a great idea let's do this using virtual technology that we got and and talk about politics so let's 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 get into it then biden trump uh, I think it's obvious from the start, neither of us are for Trump. Uh, and uh, what you've got is Biden. And I think a lot of people may be uh, listening to this on the podcast in, in a week's time or or watching now, they might see Biden as not their choice. They don't like Trump, but Biden's not their choice. So therefore, they're not going to go vote. How do you kind of explain to them that it's important for them to go and vote yeah and and this is this is the the challenge obviously i'm not a um fan of biden biden is an old white guy who is definitely not nearly as progressive as we would want him to be and one could argue that now is the time more than ever to push a progressive agenda because the right hat we have given the right their extreme position and it's ended in disaster now is the time to say hey uh, the extreme right position is bullshit. It's a mess. 220, 30,000 people are dead because of it. Let's go into a more um, progressive direction. Um, people were, the, uh, the population in the U.S. was too afraid to do that, and they went with a much more um, status quo uh, old white guy uh, to put up against Trump. Um, should you vote? Um, I think we should vote because I think that Trump, with another four years, there is a, an existential th- threat to democracy itself. Um, Trump does not care about human rights. He does not care about anything but himself, and anything can be um, torn up for if it benefits Trump. So I think that we do need to get rid of Trump. But um, we've said for the last 25 years, you have two responsibilities. One is to vote because you want to make that voice, um, your, your voice heard through that way. But the next thing is to be in the streets the next day, because um, if Biden is elected, our job is to then push Biden to the left to make it a more just society. And, um, and I think there's a better chance of pushing Biden to the left than Trump, so I think there's value in that. But that is not where the, um, the, uh, your work ends. And uh, so, yes, I, I get it that uh, two old white guys, um, if you're a person of color, or you're a person of um, uh, uh, low economic status, you know that neither of those people are going to help you. And I get that. But um, I think that there's a better chance for democracy to continue with um, uh, Biden than there is with Trump. And that is something that as flawed as democracy is, um, democracy gave us Trump, but uh, it is still a better, it is the uh, the better choice of government going
like this trope that every election is the most important election of our time. Do you generally believe that this election is probably the most important election of our lifetime? Um, I do. I do. Um, again, because I think democracy is on the ballot. I think that, um, and, and yeah, again, you are correct. That is a trope. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of elections have been uh, uh, old white guys who are up against other old white guys that had different positions, but they essentially were promoting the same corporate structure, the same capitalist structure. I think that um, that's happening in this election as well, but there is, in the past, there was not a chance that uh, the one of the candidates was going to say, you know what, I think I'm just going to stay in office forever. I'm not concerned about any of the, the, law, the laws. I don't think any of them apply to me because I've been rich my whole life and nobody has ever been able to challenge my power because of my wealth. So I'm going to continue that and stay in power and do things that um, – that I can get away with. And that's the interesting thing about the American system. And um, two, I have two points. One is after September 11th, um, I lived through that. I don't know how old you are, but um, it was very interesting and scary to see how fragile um, society really is. That when societies are tested that, that um, aggressively, people go crazy and they're, they say and do, crazy things. And there was, you know, the breakdown in law and breakdown in, um, in the way people can be surveilled. There's a breakdown in the way people can be arrested. There's a breakdown in the way people can be tortured. Um, so that, that idea that the rule of law is there and set in stone um, and is going to protect you, you realize how flimsy that is. Um, we are in a similar position right now with Trump is that if you have enough power and enough um, um, of an ego to not be concerned about the, the laws or the rules or whatever, you can get away with a lot of things. And that's what we're seeing again, how, how thin that protection of law is. Because if Trump wanted to start rounding up people and putting them in prisons, he already did it with people from <clears throat> from um, South and Central America trying to come into the U.S., there's not that much difference between Black Lives um, Matter protesters or Antifa protesters. If you wanted to send ICE around to start rounding them up, um, people would tolerate it because they've seen it already. And uh, that's the very scary position to be in. Do you think he looks at what's going on in Nigeria now and what's going on in Hong Kong? And do you think he looks at that and goes... I, I really want to do that. He looked, I, I don't, I can't say that. I, I, I would argue the opposite is true for sure. That those, those dictators and people in power are looking at the U.S. and saying, well, if he can get away with it, I can get away with it as well. So I'm sure it's going that way. Whether Trump, I don't think Trump knows any of those other places exist. <laughs> I think Trump only cares about his own power and his own ego. So he, I don't think he's looking at those places. I think he's saying, I can get away with it here. I don't care what anybody else is doing because it's all about him. Biden's leading in the polls, and we all kind of know the polls got it completely wrong in 2016 with Hillary. But do you think... I I don't know whether... I'll disagree with that slightly. I think that the polls um, have a a section of error. What's it called? Margin of Um, error. Margin of error. Thank you. Margin of error. And I think that Trump was um, within the, the polls had him within that margin of error. It was just that the people who were looking at the polls and the population was so amazed that Trump could be that close or be able to do it that they didn't believe uh, that, that that was possible within the margin of error. And then the other thing that I will say, and this is happening right now, is that the Republicans and the right in the U.S. are always willing to um, bend the rules or break the rules for their own benefit. And that happened with Trump, Trump winning on the Electoral College, which is, we can have a whole uh, another discussion about that. But those types of things, the right is very good at finding the ways because they're in the minority and they know that they don't have power. So they use these, uh, strategic, uh, these, um, these backwards ways of doing things and um, use them to their benefit. Whereas the left is much more, we play by the rules and we, and we hope that the rules will protect us. 
But in the end, we don't, they don't. And this is what's happening with the Supreme Court nomination right now in the U.S. Again, if you're into the minutia of American politics, um, we can talk about that as well. But um, yeah, the right has is scheming and always bending the rules to benefit themselves. And the left tends to want to follow the rules, which to the left's detriment has not worked in the last 10 years. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of leads into the question I was, I was going to ask was, do you think then if it wasn't for COVID, Biden would be leading this? I, it, it's amazing to me after watching the debate last night and how much of a train wreck Trump is and that he still has as much support as he has. Like, ha, like he'd have to be, again, he uses the quote, he'd have to shoot somebody in uh, in and walking down Fifth Avenue, but he would have to be a, an active child molester for people to not vote for him. And they, to be honest, even if he did that, I don't know whether people would, would go away from him. So, yes, if there was not COVID right now, Trump would be reelected in a heartbeat. And that is tragic and horrifying to me that, that, that there is that much of a population in the U.S. that is willing to overlook how much of a train wreck that guy is. Um, and my answer is because they see the world from a very selfish point of view and they only care about their, their small um, experience. They don't see the collective as having any value. They only see their own personal experience as having value. So, I mean, you, you've kind of touched on, like, the things that Trump has done. I mean, like, 200,000, well, 220,000 people dead from covid i mean he he didn't denounce far-right organizations he's he's uh caged and separated children he's called other countries shithole countries i mean from an outside and i'm very aware we've got boris so i'm not i'm not at yeah. least pointing yeah, fingers there's at no, all. there's no stone throwing from your glass outside. Not, <laughs> not at all not at all how has it become to trump you you've gone from obama to trump and for me it i don't see the line the only way i can see a line is that america decided that they had a president who the world liked and just went fuck you guys we don't want you to like us (laughs) well yeah again you that is a um a unique position outside of the u.s the u.s doesn't care whether the population especially donald trump's population they want the world to not like us that they don't have any um, concern about whether the world likes us or not. Um, yeah, it's there is there's been some uh, scientific research about how um, a population will think, oh, we were so progressive to um, elect a black man that now we can swing to the right, and uh, that is, you know, I don't know what what the mechanism is there, but there's definitely the ability for people to swing that far to the right um, and accept Donald Trump as a candidate. Um, I'm hoping that the, um, the polls, and again, the polls are wrong, that the margin of error is going to be significant enough that Trump will lose very handily in the beginning um, of the evening. So there isn't any um, concern about whether Trump's, because if it's close, Trump is going to not leave office. He's not going to concede. And that could put us into a very scary position. I know that um, the military does not support Trump. However, the police do. So I could see a situation where the police are in the streets supporting Trump, the Trump side of, um, and the National Guard coming in and supporting um, whoever, or Biden's um, presidency. And that could be a very scary um, place to be um, in the U.S. if the election does not go or isn't called very quickly and with a lot of certainty. Because I I think that scenario could easily play out. I mean, I I spoke about worst case. I've been doing a couple of interviews with some other from from the right and from the left for this series of uh, political podcast episodes. And I put the theory to um, both of them that. A lot of Democrats are doing mail-in voting and you, and a lot of Republicans are doing in-person voting. 
on the night, if it does lean to Trump, Trump will announce that he is the winner. Fox News yeah. then announced that he is the winner. People come out into the streets, either protesting either way, saying no. Violence erupts. People die. And then the Democrats, being the Democrats, will concede because they don't want death. They don't want to see blood on their hands. And then Trump gets another four years by a rigged well, election. And, and, and that's... And that's- essentially what happened in in 2001 where george uh w bush uh said that he won um and even though he, he didn't really win at that point ultimately you could argue that he did win um by a couple hundred votes but um yeah trump is going to say he won even if it's he didn't win um and and to be honest with you, we talked about this within the band a little bit is that trump is never going to call up joe biden and say um, I concede that I lost this election. That is never going to happen. I think he's going to, there's going to be two scenarios. One, he resigns and gives Pence the presidency so he can be pardoned and then he leaves. Or the other is he just chooses not to leave and fights it until December 6th and then it goes to the Supreme Court um, and says there was mass voter fraud when there's never been any evidence of mass voter fraud. If anything, there's been mass. Uh, voter suppression um, by the right because they know that the more people would vote, the less it benefits them. So yeah, it were it it could be a very scary time, and um, I um, yeah we'll see what happens. Just on that point, I'd like to stress that people who listen to this might be concerned about voter fraud. I spoke to a uh, so he was a former Republican in California. He's quite a big name over there. And um, he said that in his time, he had never seen like a, a voter fraud in any any form that has swung an election anyway. You might get a couple where they've accidentally voted twice, but it's never he has never, ever seen any form of voter fraud. Well, yeah, the, that's the interesting. And just to give you a little bit of history about uh, the U.S. electoral process that each um, state and each municipality manages their own um, elections and how they count the votes and everything. So you would have to um, interact with millions of people to get enough votes to be able to throw an election one way or the other. And just because it's so backwards and so uh, provincial the way voting happens in the U.S., there's no way you could get that many co-conspirators or something to be able to create enough voting to make it uh, to change the voting. So, yeah, the the fact that Trump will be out there saying uh, voter fraud and all this stuff, but there's never been any evidence that anybody has been able to um, to throw an election through voter fraud. Now, the Russians are very skilled. Um, you know, they have billions of dollars to uh, fuck with our elections. So um, it's possible. But um, I, in in, up until now, there's never been any evidence of mass voter fraud that has been enough to change an election. won the last election using the electoral college way he lost by three million votes he's probably going to lose by more votes this year but he could still possibly win by the electoral college if that happens do you think the american people will accept the election no 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 if, if, we, get, if we get another electoral electoral college victory it always goes to the right um if we get a, do that it is going it's going to be mass chaos in the streets um it's it's not going to be tolerated by the left yeah, it, no matter what happens, it's not going to be tolerated by the left if Trump wins. So let's say Biden does win then. I mean, how does America start coming together? Because Trump people aren't going away. They're, they're still there. And it's not even like they can hide anymore. People have shown it. And you can't put yeah. that back in the closet. 
Well, it, it, we, we're already seeing that with senators um, trying to distance themselves from Trump or shutting their mouths and not wanting to promote Trump because um, they're all going to be. And I, if you wa- if you go watch history or, or study history at all, um, I, I likened it. And obviously it's very different. But in some ways, there's some parallels between after World War Two and um, how everybody was like, oh, I was a resistance fighter. And you're like, no, nah, you were cooperating with the Nazis and people found those people out. I think it's going to be a very similar thing with um, with the Republican Party is we're going to be like, who was who was really fighting against Trump? And at this point, they've all acquiesced to Trump. So it's going to be very hard for them to um, to save face. But as we see with Lindsey Graham, again, to get into the minutia of American politics, um, he has no uh, qualms with saying one thing one day and another thing the other day, and again is only concerned about his own power and maintaining it. Um, so that these people have their hypocrisy knows no bounds. To quote a movie, I personally think there are going to be violence, and I think there will be deaths in this election, just because the rhetoric that I see from outside do you think that's hyperbolic uh, do you think that's over the top or do you actually think that's gonna happen no I, I i think that there's a very high chance of that um one of what i heard this on a newscast and uh, it, it really connected with me um it said that um religions when you have a religion the savior dies for you and when you have a cult you die for the savior and i think we're definitely in the position of trump is a cult and he is actively asking people to die for him, whether it's in his rallies with getting COVID or in the streets that if he get if he doesn't win the election, he's going to call on the Proud Boys and the um, extreme right to go out into the streets, whether it's through dog whistle or whether it's through an actual statement of saying, hey, get out there and intimidate people and make sure I w- retain power. He doesn't care about anybody else's uh, health or well-being except his own. And he's willing, again, willing to wreck the whole system um, to protect himself. So in this, this, this is even more interesting. What if he, um, if he loses and defects to Russia? How about that for a uh, uh, fucking, uh, what do we do then? Because that's, there's a hot, uh, Putin would love to have him come. He knows that he's facing uh, jail time in the U.S. if he doesn't have the uh, protection of being president. Um, that is a very real possibility. And what does that look like as uh, as the, that, those of us left in the U.S. if uh, if Donald Trump defects to Russia to escape jail time? But I, I would see it as what's his worth. Like he would have no worth for Putin. Putin's all about himself. He, he, like once Trump's out of power. Well, just think about all the secrets and all the information that Trump That's has very true. That, he, yeah. Yeah, that he could give to Putin. Obviously, Putin would love to have him. Let him build a Trump Moscow and um, and just uh, let him live there and uh, protect him from the American justice system. So the, the diehard Trump fans are never going to swap, but you've got a proportion of voters who voted for Obama in 2012 and then voted for Trump in, 26, uh, in, in, yeah, in 2016. Um, 2016 yeah. So University of Virginia said that 15% of Trump voters actually did that. How, do, how, do, how does Biden get those voters back? And I ask that question because in the UK, Brexit, there's a lot of, there was an argument at a point in time where about what we were told were lies, and of course they were lies. But if we ran the the um, if we ran that election again, the vote might turn out again fifty two to forty eight because people don't like to admit they're wrong. Do you think that yes. could happen again? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a I think there's a large population of people. I think that they um, Hillary Clinton was uniquely disliked. She was um, for twenty years. She was the darling of the Republicans to to um, shit on and to go after. So she was the boogeyman to the Republican Party, and, and that bled over into the whole culture, um, where people who I know on the left were like, Hillary Clinton is a horrible human being. And I agree. I, she was not my person. I, I would have not uh, been really happy about her either. Actually, she is more to the right than Biden is. Biden, if you put Hillary up against Biden, um, Hillary is is more extreme to the right than Biden is. But having said that, so I think that there is, I think there's safe 
that's a safe place for people to be to say, I made a mistake in voting for Trump and now I'm going to vote for Biden. That's a, um, within the culture, there seems to be a lot of people who are willing to say that. And that's, that doesn't carry that much cultural um, disgust. Um, whereas if you, if you would vote, if you voted for Hillary um, in 2016, I would be, there would be a lot of cultural disgust if you voted for Trump in 2020 after what you've seen. That would be that would be more uh, unusual for me. So let's say Trump wins, uh, but the Democrats get both houses. How quickly would you like to see them impeach Trump? Um, moments. <laughs> January twenty first. Yeah, he's he's going to be impeached if they get both houses and he doesn't win, the, and he um, uh, he still is elected president. Uh, Mitch McConnell is a. Uh, uh, total again. I'm I, again. I'm. I don't know how many, uh, how much people follow the minutia, but Mitch McConnell is the um, this uh, the uh, president of the Senate. He's a horrible human being, um, and if he loses power, um, they will impeach Trump. If he stay, remains in power, um, then there's nothing that's going to get done. Again, you kind of touched on it. The the, the um, houses, uh, the, the the Senate. The, not the Senate, sorry, the um, Supreme Judges that you that uh, yeah, Supreme uh, Court, Supreme Court. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so Amy Currett Bryant, she's the one who, let's face it, is going to get nominated to be on on that. Yeah, she'll be confirmed on Monday. It looks like. How quick? Do, I mean, so is it right that the the Democrats do start expanding the court? Because it's going to start a precedence whereabouts if the Republicans get into a position that Democrats are, they're just going to do exactly the same. And it just carries on. Like, I can completely well, understand. See, and, this, and this is where uh, we, I, when I spoke earlier about how the Democrats tend to follow the rules and don't want to um, break the rules because it, they, they see this long-term history uh, or long-term consequences. Where the Republicans tend to not care about this because – um, there was a lot of discussion about how you should not see the Supreme Court justice during an election year, especially during an election, which people are already voting. So that, this is unprecedented, and this has never been done. The scholars say it shouldn't be done, but the Republicans are have a grab of power, and um, they're going to use it. This is where it's problematic and why packing the court is a good thing, because the Republicans are the conservative view that the Republicans have is in the minority. And if you have a Supreme Court that is voting for a minority population that is destabilizing to the whole system, and it can't survive. So hacking the court or adding more justices to it to make the court more aligned with the population is a, um, a good thing because it will stabilize the dissent. But if you have, much like anywhere in the world that you see, if you have minority rule over top of a, a um, educated and um, active uh, majority, they're not going to tolerate it for very long, and it's going to destabilize the whole system. So when Republicans have these extreme points of view and they put them on the court and give them a whole lot of power, it destabilizes the entire um, governmental process, democ- democratic process, and could just destabilize the whole system. Have you been a bit disappointed that there hasn't been more kind of like the, the godfathers of punk, I suppose, being more vocal in this election? That there hasn't been like a, a punk voter 
I don't know if yeah. that's because of COVID and and people. Just well, we had to... yeah, we had a whole lot of plans that were coming together for the fall that we were going to do uh, fall touring with voter drives and all kinds of things, and there were a lot of um, other artists who were um, putting things together, but all that got thrown out because of COVID. The only people who are having um, mass um, gatherings are Donald Trump. That's the only. Uh, the only person, I guess, and, and protesters, but they tend to be six feet apart where Trump uh, likes to pack them in so the disease can transfer more easily. <laughs> so let's start wrapping this up then. Gut feeling, who are you going with? Who, who do you think will win? Oh, um, I live in Pennsylvania. Um, Pennsylvania is the um, linchpin on the whole system of this election. Um, when you're in the cities where I live, um, everything is Biden. As soon as you go out into the more rural areas, everything is Trump. Trump is um, people who are for Trump are very actively for Trump, where people are for Biden. They're like, yeah, I got a yard sign. I, I'm going to vote for Biden. Um, but the enthusiasm is definitely, if you're a crazy, racist, piece of shit, right winger, you love Trump. You have 80 Trump signs in your yard. Um, and yeah, you're very committed to Trump. So I'm hoping that um, Biden wins. Um, if he doesn't, I'm going to be in the streets. And um, hopefully uh, a lot of other people will be in the streets to say that we need to have a new way of looking at uh, elections and, um, and dem the democratic process. Because if Trump can win, um, this country is fundamentally flawed and when you when Trump was elected in 2016, you can argue, oh, he's a businessman. He's going to make everything better, or whatever, all that bullshit. But we've seen what he can do, and if he can, and if he still wins, then uh, yeah, this the U.S. is um, is really doomed. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be in the streets. Hopefully, there'll be a lot of other people in the streets saying that we're not going to tolerate this behavior. If you haven't already voted, make sure you please do go vote. Uh, obviously, do it safely, but go vote. Take five friends with you. Drag them along. Go vote because it, like the greatest thing about democracy is it is in your hands. And if you want to keep a democracy, now's the fucking time to well, really fight yeah. for it. And again, you're, you, uh, the democracy is very – it's not as powerful as you think it is. It is only um, in place because people believe it to be the best thing. And if they don't fight for it, it will, it will go away very easily. Um, and yes, the, our goal is to vote. That is, that is the first step. It's always the first step. But when you don't get what you want, you have to be in the streets because things change from the bottom up. They don't change from the top down. So if we want to have real change, we have to have people in the streets. And we need to have um, brown people, white people, uh, lower economic classes, higher economic classes, the educated and the uneducated all need to be in the streets together because um, if it's just one group, um, it can easily be um, uh, made fun of or delegitimized or whatever. If you have a broad um, coalition of people who are in the streets, then it's very difficult for the powerful to ignore it. So go vote. Go vote for Biden and hold his feet to the fire. Make sure you get the change that you want. Pat, thank you for doing this for me, pal. Um, thank you. I wish you all the best. I hope uh, hope you get to see you over in the UK soon enough. Yeah, um, and uh, just just let me plug because that was what we were supposed to talk about. Um, we do have a documentary out, so it's called Behind the Barricades. I think it's on Amazon and some other places. If you want to see what it was like to be an activist band for the last 25 years and the battles that we fought and the hardships that we've, um, we've endured to it, to continue to play music that we believe in and that we love can watch that documentary. We have um, uh, right after the election, there's going to be a couple songs that we are going to drop that are about um, uh, the police uh, killing of uh, people of color and getting away with it and how that is um, uh, a brutal thing that happens in the U S and, and there is institution institutional racism in the U S if you don't believe it, you're a fucking moron. Um, and then third thing is, um, yeah, we're going to have, there's another deluxe edition to, uh, the record that came out in January because, uh, a lot of people were not aware that that record came out because everybody got locked in their houses very soon after that. So, um, all those things are going on. 
which is when you're, when you're stuck at home and you can't go and play shows, we're like, well, what can we do to continue the dialogue and talk about the issues that are important to us and find, um, find comrades at arms and releasing music and playing shows or releasing music and doing uh, the documentary and other things allow us to communicate with people which fulfills an important part of our existence as human beings pat yeah. but seriously mate thank you for doing this and and um, yeah and uh, and you can uh, we'll have another you can talk to me in another three or four years and we can talk about how fucked up the world is then or hopefully it'll be better <laughs> well let's hope there is a world in three or four years i like your optimism yeah. uh, pat mate thank you and uh, yeah all the best thank you i had a 2020 vision oh the last of the wrongs are done no more hate, no division No one is free until the war is won Is there an answer to the question? When will this come to its end? Or do we just keep on repeating All the things that the lonesome did? Thank you to Pat for taking the time to chat with me. Make sure you go check out their new doc, Beyond Barricades, and also uh, go pick up their re-release of the album, 2020 Division. Links for both of them are on the episode description of this podcast. Also, thank you to Mars Addict for sponsoring this week's show. Go check them out and support the band if you dig their sound. Again, link in the episode description of this podcast. Right, people from around the world, you can go now. I love you. Bye-bye. America, I want to speak to you. I know you wanted to fuck around with some strange. It got out of control and you're now just a fucking hot mess. It's time to pick yourself up, respect yourself again and go vote for Biden. I know for some Biden is not your guy, but he's the only person who is available who will make you feel good again. Go vote for Biden. Go be a good person and then make sure Biden does whatever the fuck it is that you really want in your politician. Because remember, you as voters, you truly do have the power. Politicians want you to think that you don't. That is why there's been voter suppression in America. They are so fearful of young people, people who have never voted before, going out and casting your fucking vote. Go do it. Scare the shit out of the Republican Party and make sure that you bring politics that you want into your country. That's it from me. We'll be back in two weeks where we'll start talking about punk music again. But until then, I love you. Please don't let me down. Go vote. Bye-bye. No more hate, no division No one is free until the war is won